Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Duh. Dun 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 Is that the Rocky theme tune? It is. I wondered where you were going with that then. <laughs> I was thinking, where is this leading to? But I know. I know where it's going. Yeah. Tell us what's been it's going on. It's not funny. I'm trying to make light of it because it has been a very interesting week. Obviously, um, we're recording this um, a, a sort of a few days you know, before the podcast goes out. And this is Kit's first full week at school. And we have had a punching incident. I know. Not great. He's basically just been using unkind hands all week. Um, I, I think it's, safe. it's really important for me to focus on the positives as well, that he has been really great at sitting on the carpet and listening. And, you know, he's great going to the loo. He can wipe his own farm. He washes his hands. He can put his shoes back, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he has been lashing out at the other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and some boy in the playground sort of nipped in front of him in the queue. They were waiting to go across these monkey bars thing. And apparently he just started like punching and he just didn't stop. Mm. And he, he, he made his lip bleed. I mean, it, I, I'm really Do you know really what sad. though? Don't be sad. And I mm. think it's really important to share this because it, it's almost like everybody focuses when they start school on like, like the things you said, like, you know, how, how were they going in? You know, did they yeah. cry? Did they, And actually not many people share when it doesn't go right, you know, when yeah. it's not going how you imagined. But yet there must be so many people who are going through this because it's an, such a big new thing and mm-hmm. kids are just learning and they're, you know, it, it's not going to be straightforward. And yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. what can you, what can you do? Like uh, what, what? I mean, in the, in, in the moment, obviously I, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything, but what we've done this week is, so obviously we had to really discipline him when he got back from school and I really was quite firm with him about you know reiterating the fact that we have to be kind with our hands and that that's not the way he didn't want to listen he was like no no and he was running away from me and then he started laughing and then he said he was scared and then Dulza had to go head to head with him and and basically kind of sort of break him down a little bit and Mm. sort of let him know that you know that we're the parents and that we're in charge and actually he has to listen 
I then t- I took away He-Man and a couple of his other favorite toys. He was devastated. And I said, what we're going to do this week is whenever you do something great, like put your shoes on or get dressed on your own or brush your teeth, I'm going to put a, st- a, a star on this chart that I've got. Like, I mean, I just literally drew it like a few lines. But my- <laughs> and then, But it seems to be working. And I said, when you get to 10 stars, you can have He-Man back. Yeah. So I just, every single day, I'm just trying to stay calm. And re- that, that my behavior, it's like he's looking at me and I've probably been a little bit erratic over the last couple of weeks with my moods have been a bit all over the place and there was obviously that moment where I threw the water bottle on the floor and I was a bit shouty um which is probably not great either but you know I'm dealing with some stuff too so I just need to keep I think just keep the consistency with it and obviously talking about it and sharing it and then when I went to school this morning I um I didn't do the pickup yesterday and she and the teacher went have had a yeah, a bit more unkind hands. And I said, thank you for telling me. I said, but I also hear there's some positives, um, you know, and we went through the positives too. And I said, Let, let's try and build him up at the same time of, as, 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 you know, explaining he can't do, do that. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because it's such a huge learning. And like we see it with, you know, with toddlers that when they don't know, when they can't communicate how they're feeling, they behave in a certain way. And we have, you know, we have to remember four years old, you don't know yeah. everything. You, you don't know, you know, that they don't know how to communicate if they're lonely or scared or they're feeling a bit overwhelmed. Like, they don't know how to say that to someone yet, do they? And I don't know, I feel, I feel like it's really, when, when you get that feedback from the teacher, it's so easy to feel really like cross and, and frustrated with yourself, with your child. But actually, like you say, we need to focus on the positives and think about all the good things that they're no. doing. And then hopefully they'll learn you know they learn that that's not how you behave and also that's not how you you create friendships and like all that kind of stuff because that's another thing is tricky when he told me that he was lonely and he used those words he said I'm all on my own I feel lonely I just wanted to burst into tears it was and I understand I kind of understand that because when his pre everyone from his preschool went to a different primary school which is virtually opposite because Luna was already in another one we had to obviously take so he had no friends that had come up through preschool Mm. with him so yeah he's got his big sister and he knows a couple of their mates but he's figuring it out so yeah if you are also going through this at the moment yeah yeah, it's not been a smooth start sisters yeah Yeah. I'm here for you are you all right George I'm all right I'm gorgeous do I? I love that I jumper. Feel, oh, thanks. It's my camping jumper. Very sweet for camping. I feel a bit like overwhelmed at the moment with work. Obviously, like I do a lot of work on the side of Made by Mum as, as, you know, as well as doing this. And there is so much. And I'm trying to just think about September as a month. And I'll just get my head down and I'll just get through it and um like like we've said before mm. trying to keep hands clear and I've got my two drink rule oh god I'm only having a maximum of two drinks because I just can't I literally can't be you know I can't have a Sunday that's ruined at the moment I just can't George has set some rules out right that if she's not like over the moon with her company she'll only have two drinks <laughs> if she enjoys the company or not she says she's gonna have four this is amazing oh my God. no it's not that no 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 joke that is actually kind of my rule my, it yeah. is it's my rule so if i have two drinks with you i'm not <laughs> <laughs> this might be my favorite intro ever i'm not into the chat I'm not into it. I'm not into it. And if I have four, then I really like you. So we need to get into today's podcast because it was an absolute corker of a chat. She's actually been on the podcast before. I think she was kind of our third or fourth guest. But what 
a well, turnaround. I know it's actually unbelievable. We had um, we had her on. I think it was about three and a half years ago. Yeah, and the difference and growth as a person is phenomenal. Like mm. it, it's not even like talking to the same person. It no. is just. And so lovely, so lovely to see. Um, because actually, when we had this guest on first time round, she she was in a bad place. Actually, yeah, she was a really mm. a really bad place. And we we touch on it during the chat. You know, she didn't want to have any photos, um, and she was very self conscious. Look in the mirror. No, it, yeah, it, it it was it was it was a really tough time for her. Um, yeah, but she's but now it's a different story. It's a completely different story, and what a story it is. So listen, let's get into it because there's so many beautiful moments during this conversation. Georgia, who are we talking to today? We are chatting to Roxy Nafusi. So please welcome back to the podcast one of our favourite ever guests. It's Roxy Nafusi. Ah, I was on the show. We were saying just before three and a half years ago. I can't believe it. We've got so much to ask you. So much has happened. How are you today? Let's start with that. How are you today? Good. I'm good. I'm really good. I'm uh, overwhelmed. I mean, constantly I feel at the moment. But but then everyone I speak to seems to be in exactly the Mm. same boat. I think since... Post COVID, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think people are busier and more stressed. Yeah. <laughs> like we all came in with such good intentions that people are going to like be slower, and but then it's like we're waking mm. up for lost time, and it's just all manic all the time. Um, but no, I'm really good. It's interesting that you that you sort of focused on that part of it because I think when we came out of COVID, there was a desire and a hunger to like go out, I don't know, especially in my circle of friends, it was like, go out, catch up with everybody, make loads of plans. And luckily, I feel now that the balance is returning. Definitely in in our life, we're Mm. having conversations all the time about how we're just not blocking every single weekend with things and we're not doing endless play dates and birthday parties and all this kind of shit. Like the kids' social diaries is far busier than ours. And I'm like, I'm not spending my whole weekend rushing around looking after children, making sure they go to like the you know the 50th party that term it's like it's not happening <laughs> I'm grateful yeah. for it I'm, I'm just I'm putting a pause on all of that I think yeah necessary I haven't got to that stage yet how's he getting on honestly do you know when we when I came on the podcast obviously I was really open about how I was feeling at the time and my prenatal depression was so so paralyzing it was a hand down the worst time of my life ever you know I did worry would that impact wolf like would that how I was feeling and how sad I was and the the mental kind of angst I was in have an impact on who Wolf would become. And I can thankfully say that it did not touch the surface of him. Like he is the happiest, most joyful mm. angel. And I always say, you know, he is literally my lucky charm. Like he oh. came into this earth and everything in my life changed I love the moment that. he entered. Like I really, in fact, we've been playing, um, you know, Shithead? Yeah, the car oh, game. I love Shithead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we got Wolfie. We just went on like our first family holiday. And you know the end card? It's like all luck. Wolf keeps picking the perfect card. Like he knows the order. And I'm like, he's magic. He is magic. <laughs> he's, <doing> magic. <laughs> he's the shithead king. Oh, the shithead God. prince. So, Bronx, you mentioned when you came on the podcast before, you're in a completely different headspace to yeah. the one that you're in now can you take us back so we last caught up with you when you were pregnant with Wolfie um mm. 
how how did everything unfold after that? So how was your birth? How were the early days? So the birth was, oh my gosh, I was talking about it for so long. I don't know if I ever told my birth story. I won't go through the whole Do thing. Do it now. Tell us now. <laughs> yeah, we got time. Let's gosh. hear it. Okay, fine. Okay. So my waters broke at like 10 p.m. And just as Love Island finished, literally, I was thrilled. And uh, my waters broke, went to the hospital. They were like, great, go home. So I was obviously up all night. Um... But it wasn't too painful. Nothing was really happening. And then the next day, my contractions started getting like much stronger. And quite quickly, they were really close together. It was about 11 o'clock and Wade had an audition at 12 o'clock for a film. And I was like, you have to go. And he was like, I'm not leaving you in labor. You know how like yeah. sweet Wade is like doting. Like he's like, I'm not leaving you on your own. And I was like, no, you have to go and you have to go and do this audition. And um, by the way, he got the job, which was amazing. Yes. <laughs> but he went, I called a doula because I had, I had, a, we had an amazing doula. I said, you know, my contractions are so close together and they are so long and I'm not getting any rest. And she was like, Oh, I think you're having back, you've got back labor. He's the wrong way around. Mm. So she came over and yeah, it was just so intense. And remember rushing to kind of Chelsea and Westminster Hospital and just being in the car and like, you know, when they're coming, like the waves. Um, and got in, I think I was two centimeters or something. And I stayed in the, Kind of because it was like, I didn't want to have an epidural originally, and so I was in you know where the birthing pool yeah. is, mm. and the contractions were just yeah, just nonstop, no rest. And then I decided to get in the birthing pool, and I basically stayed there with Way for three hours because at this point I had asked for an epidural. I was like, I cannot. I, I honestly don't know how your body could handle that much. So pain. back to back, mm. the, the, I had back to back contractions. Those back to back yeah. contractions are next level. There's something else. Like, what the fuck? I'm in the birthing pool and I was waiting basically two hours for an epidural because I think there was some emergency. And I remember finally when the woman came in to kind of put the, I don't know what she was putting in my hand, and she was going, "Um, just so you know, it's going to be a dental prick. It's going to hurt. I was thinking... I'm happy. Like, <laughs> back to back Do you like give a fuck about a freaking needle? <laughs> do it. Do it now. So I'm having to wait for a contraction to pass so I can go to the ward. And I was like, I'm not waiting for anyone. So I get out and I've got the the kind of like gown on me. It's undone at the back. And I basically just charge through the ward like a mad woman. Like absolutely like couldn't get who was looking, get to the next room. The nurse like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to get my epidural. But they just, because the contractions were coming so fast, they couldn't find like a gap to have it. Um, but eventually they got it in. And by this point, I'd already been in labor 24 hours. And oh then I was lying there for 12 hours. Obviously the pain had gone, but I got this really intense itching as a side effect yes. of the epidural. And I was just itching. For 12 hours. And then they said, okay, you, you have to, it's time to push. So I was pushing for 90 minutes. They'd given, they now pumped me with hormones because I thought the contractions weren't coming quick enough. And then they said, um, if you don't get this baby out now, we're going to have to cut you. And I was like, nope, that is not happening. And I just remember getting my head so in the game and using my breath and just using all the tools I had for meditation and I was like, I'm getting this baby out. And actually, 
He came out, no tears at all. And I really feel like it was the power of my breath that that happened. Wow. And then afterward, basically I've been put in what was essentially like a broom cupboard. It was so hot, this room. And it was like a side room. And I felt so sick. And when they handed him to me, I think I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, wow. I was just like, oh, I feel so sick. Mm. And... They tried to put me, put him on my boob and it was okay for a bit, but I was like, oh, I just, I just felt so sick. So I was like, I just can't like be, I, well, this was not this like special moment. I felt like I was on the worst hangover of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then we went to the ward and obviously, you know, all the wards like afterwards, there's like tons of other people. You're just hearing crying. You're having a really bad night's sleep. And then they, and then they say, you know, go home with your baby. And you're like, I remember just thinking, what? They're just letting me take this newborn baby home like but I don't know what I'm doing Mm. and um yeah it was just surreal and those first few months after that were I would say they were quite challenging in that the, the, the mothering part actually I wasn't that fussed about in a way because I think I've grown up with my all you know my sisters have had so many kids there's like nine of Mm. you know I have nine nephews and nieces and so I think I was almost prepared for that he did have really bad colic all of that but that kind of I think I was fine with but mentally getting my self-love back getting my mental health back it took time because when we spoke to you on the podcast you I mean I I I I hope you don't mind me kind of taking you back to that mm. moment where you said yeah, to yeah. us, I cannot even look at myself in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. cannot even look at myself in the mirror. You didn't want us to have a photograph with you. You didn't want no. there to be. And and I guess going from that level where you were to then trying to get that self-love back, what did that look like for you? Did you have a plan? Did you, did you know what you were going to do? Look, I had got to a point where I felt so repulsed by myself. And I have suffered, and I, I really never really talk about it. I talked about it once on one podcast with Kagi, but I've suffered from body dysmorphia disorder for as long as I know. And I think I actually didn't, I didn't really understand that it was a proper diagnosis for a really long time. Now that I know that it is, it is a mental illness. It's not about vanity. It's not, there is something that is, goes on so, so far beyond that and the repulsion and the, true belief that you are disgusting and that nobody should look at you is it's it's something that you can't really describe unless you've been through it it's really hard to explain but obviously during the pregnancy and because I was changing so much physically and because I did have quite an extreme amount of weight gain um you know it wasn't and nor it wasn't on the normal range you know it was over 30 kilos and I I think my body dysmorphia sort of was getting exact, was really triggered in this time. Yeah. And I found it really, really, really challenging. And for me, one thing that I could do was to get healthy. And bear in mind, by the way, it wasn't just like because I was putting away, I was binge eating. Like that isn't, mm-hmm. that's not a healthy thing to do on any level. I wouldn't feel good. Um, I was using where I had. Suddenly, had to give up drugs and alcohol and cigarettes. I was using food to escape. Yeah. Um. But I knew that you know I kept saying to myself the day that I bring this baby home, I'm going to turn my life around. Like I knew that was something I would kept saying to myself. 
over and over again throughout my pregnancy. Like, I will become the best version of myself that exists. Mm -hmm. I will change my life. I will never come back to this place. So the day I got home, I cut out all sugar and sweets and junk. And that was like my start. I was like, I just want to eat healthy. And I think I had that so clear in my mind. I did it. I did not touch sugar then for over a year. Wow. Because, wow. Um, you know, I definitely, look, I took it to an extreme and 100% actually, I then went the other way. I was so strict with myself, um, but it wasn't, on reflection, it probably wasn't from a place of self-love, self-punishment. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't, I had suddenly such a warped view of myself. I couldn't see what was normal or healthy. I thought that if I got my weight back, I would start to love myself more. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's much more to it than that. And but that was a part of my journey that I had to go through and I had to reach that extreme where, you know, I was I wouldn't even eat a carrot because I thought it was too many carbs. Like, it's just ridiculous. Oh like, gosh, I well. was so disciplined. But I'm someone that also has a lot of willpower, a lot of self-discipline, a lot of self-respect. So for me, it becomes really easy to do that. Mm. And that's why you could give up drugs, alcohol, binge eating as well. Yeah. Did, it was a moment where you were like, you either is this correct? You choose to smoke, you choose to take drugs, and then you choose yeah. not to. Like a, it's yeah. like a cutting, like a tie, like cutting of the ties. Exactly, and I think so. I always have to be careful of my own discipline because I yeah. can take things too far. So I did, but you know, but my journey to self love really did begin, and yeah, I did take it a bit too far from the eating side of things. And I and now I'm have the healthiest relationship with food, and have had for the last two years. Mm. I intuitively, I never diet. I don't exercise if I don't feel like it. Yeah. I only exercise when I want to. And so it was all meant to be. And I'm so happy. I'm happy. I don't remember the last time I looked at my body and said something horrible about it. Not that the body dysmorphia hasn't gone. It's very much a work in progress yeah. with my face, but with my body, I'm a very healthy relationship. With your face, with your face, Roxy, is that what you said with your face? Mm, yeah, yeah. I get really, uh, it's been actually, COVID was terrible for me. It was uh, really bad, like really, really bad. I couldn't look at, I think because everybody was suddenly on camera. Mm. Yeah. Um, I literally didn't take a photo of myself in over a year. I Unless I had a filter on or I had a phone hiding in my face. I wouldn't see people because I was scared that if they saw me, they would think about how ugly I was. This oh has gosh. been like my last battle of all. I've healed so many parts of myself, but the BDD is something that for me has been really hard to, to navigate and has been a really painful journey. But I've actually been I'm much better since knowing, understanding it. And now it comes in much, I'm like, I post myself on social yeah, media, which I never used to. Mm. But, you know, for example, I went on Lorraine the other week and seeing myself on camera, as soon as I got home, I had a panic attack and my, I went straight to, I'm a monster, I'm repulsive, nobody should look at me, I should never, I shouldn't ever do that again. It's like this like knee-jerk reaction, which is so intense and thank God Wade was there with me. But then a few days can pass now and I can go, no, it's not like I can I can reflect in a much healthier way, and and they, the episodes are shorter and they pass more quickly. But yeah, are there any like specific triggers? Like you mentioned during COVID, it was a really bad time for you. Mm. Is there anything that you can pinpoint that 
that triggers that kind those thoughts and those feelings? I think that seeing myself on camera, which you know, is probably because I'm not used to it and suddenly it's happening a lot for me is a trigger. But also I think that, you know, I was saying to Wade the other day, you know, it made me that also over COVID, me and Wade were navigating co-parenting yeah. and, and a lot of adjustments. And my life has changed so much so quickly that perhaps my, I cling on to, I don't know, my anxiety or my stress just comes out in that that's like my thing mm-hmm. you know for some people they have health anxiety other people it comes out in depression for me that's just how it comes out mm-hmm. um but I'm very committed to healing it like I refuse to be defined by it and I'm doing absolutely everything that I can to make sure that I get through this mm-hmm. and eventually I can talk about it more and more because it actually affects it already the, the statistics say affects 1% of the population, but actually in reality, it's much, much higher than that because so many people are afraid to say that they, they think it's vanity and that people will judge them and say, think it's, that that's all it is, that it's about that, but it, it's something totally different. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? I think it's really brave that you are able to talk about it the way that you have. And I think anybody that's battled any form of eating disorder, you know, mental illness around that, yes, you can heal and yes, you can live day to day. But actually, Mm. the battle is a life battle. It's a lifelong battle Mm. with it. That doesn't say that you don't recover. You know, I'm an Mm. ex-anorexic. I have recovered, but I still stand Mm. in front of the mirror as somebody that had body dysmorphia and still looks at myself some days and thinks, I hate, I I hate it. I hate what I see, you Mm. know, and it's, and it's, then Mm. you have to go through all of those healing processes and they'll all use Mm. all of those tools that you've learned to be able to cope with that day. And it comes like that. And I think, you know, speaking, speaking to you about it and you, you know, being so honest and open, it can only, it can only do good. Because I think mm. lots of people are battling it. L- lots, lots more. And they don't even know. They don't even like, know yeah, what it they is. Don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Last time you came on, you were with Wade. You guys were a couple. Yes. That has been yes. very up and down, highs and lows. Yeah. Um, do, yeah. do you mind talking to us about how you co-parent Wolf and what happened to your relationship and that side of it? We, me and Wade, of course, hadn't known each other that long when we, when we had Wolf. And I think we did such an amazing job at trying to navigate the really difficult pregnancy and weight moving country and just before COVID hit literally weeks before we'd had a conversation I would kind of recognize that we perhaps wouldn't be the happiest that we could be as individuals 
together in a romantic relationship. Obviously, then we came home having had that conversation and then we went into lockdown. And so it's really hard to even know when it kind of happened, but it was just like, it was just this very ongoing discussion and journey into finding a way to separate romantically, but stay together as a family. It definitely wasn't something that we did overnight and actually we kind of really got to a place of separation and then we got back together and felt oh my gosh maybe this is it and then kind of came back to the same feelings again I think when we came back to the same feelings again we really recognized that maybe we are we just aren't right for each other in that way but we have throughout everything been extremely respectful of each other And I think that actually it's both the reason why we can co-parent in such a healthy way and the reason why we decided not to be together is that neither of us expect the other to be any different than who they are. Mm. So I totally and have always accepted Wade for exactly who he is and he me, which means that there was no point where we thought, if you just change and be a bit more like this, then maybe we can make it work. Because I don't think either of us should change who we are fundamentally Mm. to have to mold into each other like that isn't how we can be our most authentic selves and thrive in our lives it's also the reason why now when we have disagreements or we 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 do things differently or there's things that we we want to parent differently on neither of us are expecting the other to kind of bow down to each other we just accept our differences and see where we can compromise and we're also just constantly talking and working on ourselves. And the journey into co-parenting has been, you know, the best thing that's ever happened to me and to him, because I think not only are we closer, but I've learned so much about vulnerability. I've learned so much about myself, how to be more open. I'm probably more patient as a person, um, more understanding. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a really great thing for us both. And most importantly, Wolfie absolutely loves having mommy's house and daddy's house. Mm. We live five minutes apart and he seems to be totally unaffected by it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we went, me and Wade went to couples counseling and the, the, the therapist said to us, the most important relationship is not you and Wolf or Wade and Wolf. It is you and Wade. The relationship between the parents is the most important relationship for a child's well-being. So true. I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. And yeah. as all children are, Wolf is incredibly perceptive. When he can sense that there's an energetic angst between me and Wade, you can see his behavior change or he'll lean towards one parent very much. Like he'll come to me like he's being my protector if he sees any shift in energy between me and Wade, even if nothing's being said, when me and Wade get along and we have a nice energy between us, it is the most amazing thing that we can offer a wall. I love that. Well, I do too, George. I, I just wanted to um, ask about sort of the separation because we actually have very sadly had quite a few messages recently um, from yeah. people um, who listen to the podcast and follow us on Instagram that are sadly going through divorces at the moment. Mm. And obviously we know the statistics are actually really high now. I think it's something like one mm. in four couples ending, splitting. What advice would you give to those people listening? Because it's a very, very hard road to, to navigate, isn't it? Mm. The first thing is 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 real like acceptance and just 
I think that when we can just like fully accept a situation as it is and stop the what if or why did that happen? You know, I think the thing that causes so much stress in the beginning is that you start going over every little thing that happened and it becomes almost this like tit for tat or who was right, who was wrong, who was more to blame. And actually in the end of the day, the breakdown of any relationship is always due to two people. Even if one person has done something worse than the other, there's always two people involved in the breakdown of a relationship. And in the end, it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't really matter whose fault it is. What matters is how you how you navigate it now. So being able to let go of that need to blame someone else or that need to blame yourself is really important. Um, and, and then, you know, when t- enough time has passed and you feel ready, and I know this isn't easy in the beginning, especially if someone has really hurt you mm. and to practice forgiveness is really hard, but it's just to be nice. Like we so often expect someone else to be nice to us first mm. and, it, and it doesn't work. Like we, we could be waiting forever. Yeah. Just start by being nice and thoughtful and pleasant as much as you can. And that, but doing that at the beginning, is really fucking hard. Like yeah. if someone's really upset you, it's like, oh, you don't want to do <laughs> no. it. You just want to like scream at them. Yeah. But. As soon as that like this uncomfortable bit has got passed, you enter something that is so much more beneficial for everybody involved. I also think what you were saying about the most important relationship being like between the parents is actually something that so many people can take on board, whether they're separating oh, God, or whether they're together. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I know like in my own relationship, James and I have been together since we were like, well, we've known each other since we were 17. So we've, we are completely different people mm. to the people that we were when we first met and um we've kind of grown together we've grown apart you know like it's it's not been straightforward but I think now like you say what we do is we just try and like not bicker and yeah. and, and and when you get into that rut of like you haven't unloaded the dishwasher I always do the dishwasher and yeah. oh and you and I'm always the one that tells the kids off and you never tell the kids off and it's so yeah. easy to just be in that and yeah, like yeah. resentment a, and just yeah and just continue like just constantly be nitpicking and then sometimes I'm just like you know what I'm just not, I, I'm gonna put it all aside today I'm not gonna say mm. anything I'm just gonna be nice and I'm gonna smile and I'm gonna treat him how I'd love him to treat me and yeah. and usually he feels exactly the same and thinks oh thank god we've put that to bed yeah because that was exhausting (laughs) totally and also you know thinking about like things like that is going because we're always looking at and and I have definitely done this too is you're always looking at what the other person is not doing yeah Yeah. and it's the same with ourselves but always looking at where what we aren't and we should be looking at what we are and what Mm. other people are doing and if we were able to just like I always say just keep saying thank you for little things. It doesn't, because there's such this thing of going, well, he should do that or she should do that. It's like, no, nobody should do anything. It's just say thank you, even for the smallest things. And the more you do, that. usually mm. the more validated someone feels and then the more they want to do it because they actually feel seen and appreciated. Mm-hmm. So it is this like being nice, showing gratitude, whether you're separated or together. And just these small shifts 
really do help. And I know it can be hard when you feel like, I don't want to be the first one, but be the first one. Like, mm. Because you will you will benefit from it. Mm. That's so yeah. lovely. It's, so start saying thank you. Not Although I, it does piss me off slightly when they say, I've unloaded the dishwasher for you. No, you haven't done it for me, mate. You've done it because we live in a house together and you do shit. Just needs and doing. I do shit. Yeah. You've done it for me. Fuck off. So what would we do then? That's what I always think. I think, oh, what if I just left it all? What would happen? What would actually happen? But now when they say that to us, I'm going to go over and go, thank you for doing it for me. Yeah. I am really grateful to you. I love you. Now do one. Um, can we just, can I, I would just like to say this out loud now, both George and I would, manifesting guru. I mean, talk about a title. Because obviously when you came on the pod last time, you weren't a manifesting guru. I mean, of course you always wear inside. Vogue, is this book the millennial answer to the secret? I mean, they have written some incredible things about you, not just Vogue, but actually every single publication. What is yeah. life like for you now, Roxy? And how the hell are you now the manifesting guru? <laughs> Talk us through that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, life is life is really good. I'm really, truly like so grateful. And, you know, I, I live and breathe the practices that I teach. I really genuinely feel like I am here to inspire and help others. And I feel that, I lived 29 years knowing basically only unhappiness and self-loathing and self-doubt and feeling less than and every single minute of it was worth it to be where I am now. Honestly, every day I pinch myself. I'm like, oh my God, it's happened. Like it's happening. Like all the things that I said were going to happen have happened and now and and it's so you know the the greatest thing I think is being able to feel like I'm confident in who I am and like you know I do feel like that voice of self-loathing is so insignificant now and I mean I honestly I just feel emotional every time I talk about it because I just never thought I'd get to this place and um yeah, and but it did not come through anything. It was not some easy thing. And and I think the reason why I share a lot of my successes and there's always thing, oh my God, I don't want to seem arrogant. But I think actually the people that follow me know what I've been through to get here. Yeah. And so actually I feel really proud of it. And I worked really, 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 really hard to get here, mm. both inside and outside, you know, on working at my job, but also working on myself and being very committed and persevering and I think I'm just have found what I'm supposed to be what I'm on this earth to do and I think when you find what you're here for everything aligns oh so yeah gosh. but having said that by the way I have no fucking social life like I'm so <laughs> boring and I definitely would like to have more of a social life and try and find more thick ways that I could do things for myself so don't because you know I, I, I'm either with war or yeah. I'm working. working yeah working we've actually got a couple of questions from our listeners um, and actually they, they lend quite nicely to this so someone's asked how do you manage it all could I get an inside peek into your daily schedule tips tips on how to work like basically have a work-life balance I can advise people on a lot of things but I don't even feel like I am qualified because I don't feel I have much of a work-life balance <laughs> I have not nailed it you know I think that one thing I do is that I'm extremely and, and I didn't do this in the beginning 
but I'm extremely present when I'm with Walt. And that for me just makes me feel better about everything. So I wake up and I'm with him. I'm straight to work, flat out, do not stop. Once I'm with him, I'm with him. And that has been really life-changing for me because I feel like a better mother. I don't feel so stressed because I don't have that split focus. But then because the reality is I cannot just end my day when I pick him up at four o'clock. That's just not possible. So I put him to bed at 6.37 and then I will have, I do then, I will then work until, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. It depends how busy things are, but I'm also, I don't mind that too much uh, because I know that, you know, it's just where I'm at right now and you want to take the opportunities, but I do schedule out time for rest, solo time for myself. And that is really important to me. I don't do a lot of social things because for me, that would be a whole other thing that I would be killing myself to do. So I had something had to give. And for me right now, it's that I'm not going out for dinners and having late nights or I just don't have time. I need to be fresh and have as much energy as I can Mm -hmm. using things like meditation, watching. Honestly, I'm obsessed with watching teen rom-coms. I've seen them all. <laughs> have you have you seen the one which is called The Summer I Got Pretty yeah. or something? I, yeah. I really want to watch seen it. That. Loved it. Seen them I'm all. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. I'm going to watch so that. Good. It's pretty. my favourite yeah. way to switch off. I love that. Because we're still 14-year-old girls inside. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, deep down. <laughs> have we got another question, George? Yeah. Can you manifest better self-confidence? 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest gift I think the manifest can give us. You know, we don't just manifest things. We manifest who we want to become. Love that. Love that. And just to finish up, top tips for starting manifesting. Like, where do you start apart from getting your book? <laughs> Honestly, getting my book. <laughs> it is such an easy read. I hate, I hate saying it, but I always say it because manifesting is such a full practice. And that's why I'm really trying to teach people. It's not about just visualizing something or doing a ritual a couple of times a day. You live and breathe these seven steps and I think that I've written it in such a simple way that anybody will be able to put it into practice. So that really is my best tip for starting manifesting. And for Georgia and I, because we're obviously, well, everyone listening to this podcast is the ultimate juggler, but what three things should we be saying to ourselves in the mirror in the morning when we get up before we've dealt with our children? Are there any kind of like mantras that we should say? Yes, I am enough. I have always been enough. I am excited for the opportunities that each new day brings and I can handle anything that comes my way. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, And before we say goodbye, um, as you know, because you've been on the podcast before, we would love to hear the best piece of advice that you've ever been given um, around, you know, being a new mum or the piece of advice that you would like to give a new parent listening. Maybe a piece, something that's just really helped me with parenting, understanding and always remembering that our children just want to feel safe and heard and seen and validated in who they are. Anything more than that is just a bonus. If you can just do that and if you can just be there for them at their level, present with them, not try to mold them in who you want them to be, but allow them to be who they are 
that is the best thing you can ever ever give them that's wonderful roxy for pm <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely love that thank <laughs> you so much <laughs> um brands uh um products and actually just before we finish up <laughs> what brands what products do you love anything that you use with wolf anything you use for yourself every day yeah, two things I would say. Firstly, I just got the new Bugaboo um, butterfly. It is a gift. It was a gift. It is. I've had been lucky enough to try quite a few pounds, and it is like the best pound. I was so excited because it's really light. It folds up like so easy, oh, and it's like an, an amazing pound. And the other thing, best thing I've ever got from Amazon: travel toilet seat. Oh, oh you yes. put it in a little bag. And then you put it on, like, whenever you're out and about, you put it on the toilet so you don't fall down a seat and you're not constantly having to, like, hold them up with your hands. <laughs> you just fold up. It's, like, so small. Like, you could put it anywhere. And honestly, best thing I've bought recently. It's always in Roxy's handbag, a toilet seat. <laughs> I love toilet seat. When they do that thing with you where they go, hey, Ro- hi, I'm Roxy. Here's what's in my handbag. You can pull out a portable yeah. loose seat. A fold up toilet seat. <laughs> Um, Roxy, we have to let you go um, because I know that you've got to go and crack America now, which is bloody exciting. Don't don't forget to come back and chat to us again in another three years. God knows where you'll be then, but Stratosphere. I love you guys so much. We love you. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) No, great. What a wonderful, wonderful podcast that was. What a great conversation. I know. So much, like, you know, came up as well. Just the whole thing about her body dysmorphia and the fact, you know, she is a manifesting queen. She coaches people. She helps them with their confidence. But actually, she's still going through her own Mm. issues and struggles as well. And it's an ongoing battle. But, Mm. whoa, what she fits into a day is incredible. I know. I know. (laughs) Tired even thinking about it. Um, but oh, no. as always massive thank you to Roxy for coming on and being so honest and open we really hope you enjoyed it before you switch off Georgia we want to ask something of our listeners today we do we've got some really exciting news coming up and we want you to be the first to know about it so please head to the Made by Mamas website so that's madebymamas.com you can subscribe to our mailing list we are going to do a monthly newsletter but there will also be like lots of updates maybe even like a way that you might be able to see us face to face at some point in the future so please do sign up um it's exciting yeah very exciting um that would be great if you can do it and as always please 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 rate review subscribe and give the podcast a little follow yeah and any guests you want to see topics you want us to cover drop us a dm on at made by mamas on instagram and we'll be back on friday Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.